Welcome to Careers of the Future, a show where students can learn how to best prepare themselves for the future of work. Each episode features an interview with an Ismaili at the leading edge of their field and is available in a podcast format and on the Ismaili TV. Yali Malad, everyone, and welcome to Careers of the Future, a show where students get to hear from Ismailis at the leading edge of their fields on what the future of work looks like and how they can most effectively prepare to figure out what that looks like in their specific field. My name is Yasmin Rajwani, and I'm also a member of the Ismailis youth team. And today I'll be your host for this episode. In today's episode, we'll be discussing cybersecurity and tech policy and what the future of work looks like. And we're honored to have a very special guest today, Irfan Himani. Irfan is currently the Deputy Director for Cybersecurity at the UK's Department for Digital, Culture, Media and Sport. He's also the co-author of the Harvard Belfer National Cyber Power Index, or the NCPI, which is the first index that comprehensively measures cyber power. Previously, Irfan was the program director at the Aga Khan Foundation in Egypt, and he's also worked in Deloitte's technology risk advisory team. Irfan, thank you so much for joining us today. Yasmin, good to be here with you. Awesome. So I'm so excited to, to dive deeper into what you do and what you think um, about cybersecurity and tech policy. So to get us started, um, I was wondering if you could just get uh, give us a little bit of a sense of what these big concepts of cybersecurity and tech policy really mean. So if you could kind of break down for us what those mean and maybe why they're important. Sure, I can do. So thank you. First, uh, firstly, thank you for for having me on on your on your show. I think it's a great thing uh, what you're all doing. Um, so on the question of what is cybersecurity and technology policy, it's really a growing field it's something that has um it's it's emerged over the last uh, 20 or so years and and it's really become uh, quite important these days uh, i think given that everything that we do has an element of uh, online connectivity or is uh, connected to some kind of digital technology um cybersecurity um is really looking at how you keep those interactions safe and secure and give people confidence to uh, really uh, utilize them to, to, to their full advantage. Uh, and, and that falls into a, a broader category of technology policy, which is really looking at uh, some of the big questions that we need to solve around how we use this technology. Uh, I think technology policy has gone from being uh, something that was probably once quite a technical uh, area to something that really is answering or trying to answer some of the questions that we've been asking for hundreds of years about um, how we do things and how we should do things uh, and who gets to do what. Uh, so it's, it's, it's quite an interesting field. It's become really important now, given that technology is really just a part of everything we do. Um, and it's an exciting field to be in. Yeah, wow, you captured that really well. Thank you so much for that intro. And I, I think you're really right, you know, technology policy and, and digital um, security is really a part of everything uh, uh, we do from kind of personal to professional um, in today's world. So now that, you know, we have a better grasp of, of these topics and, and what they mean, would you be able to tell us a little bit more about what you do um, at the Department for uh, Digital Culture, Media and Sport and what your role is and what type of specific projects you, you work on? Sure, yeah, I'll be very happy to. So 
so I'm, I'm a deputy director of the uh, cybersecurity and digital identity department uh, directorate. Sorry, uh, and and really what we do is we look at uh, how do we improve cybersecurity and cyber resilience in organisations across the whole economy. So. Um, we look at what uh, levers of government policy we have or what we might need to create to incentivize or mandate uh, better uh, cybersecurity and resilience. And the reason that's really important is because, uh, you know, our, our entire lives uh, have some kind of digital dependency these days. And so it's really, uh, and, and that's not necessarily interactions that are held by government. These are interactions or uh, connections that are held by, you know, companies or organisations or other people uh, that really maintain this, um, you know, this this uh, uh, network of connected technologies. And so, uh, we really look at what can be done to improve the reliability through improved um, resilience and security of those organisations. Wow, that's really fascinating. And it seems like you know you deal with kind of a a breadth uh, of different issues, um, you know, within the government, but also it's like applicable to other realms of society. So that's really, really uh, fascinating. Thanks for sharing. What I'm kind of interested in, in learning about, and I think some of our viewers might be as well, is, is how did you get here? You know, um, take us back through your journey a little bit. And, and did you always know you wanted to, to end up in, in tech policy? And if, if not, what was that? Um, path like uh, and how did you yeah get to the role that you're in today yeah sure yeah, so sure. Uh, I actually started in technology advisory at Deloitte uh, after I left school and I worked there for a year on a placement scheme before going to university uh, and then when I was at university I did something that was completely different and nothing to do with technology or uh, consultancy or advisory uh, I studied Arabic and economics um, and then afterwards, I went back to Deloitte uh, and took on my uh, a similar role again on uh, technology advisory policy. Uh, sorry, technology advisory consultancy. Uh, and then I spent about five years at Deloitte um, managing uh, projects and programs that looked at improving uh, technology or, um, sorry, managing the technology risk of um, quite um, uh, recognizable clients. So. Apple, Vodafone, uh, BBC, ITV, so some quite big names and, and working with them to really improve how they uh, managed uh, the risk in their technology environments, which for those kinds of organizations is, you know, a large part of their business environment. Um, and, and, and that really gave me a, a, a good understanding of how organizations work, uh, but also how to uh, manage people and projects and budgets. Uh, and and uh, really kind of see how organizations develop as well. Uh, and then I went on from there to something slightly different. I uh, went on to work for the Aga Khan Foundation in Egypt, uh, which was really looking to um, use some of that business uh, business development knowledge that I had, uh, or business, de business development experience that I had uh, picked up. So they were expanding quite rapidly um, and uh, we're looking to kind of set up systems and processes within the organization uh, to to deal with that increased growth. It, it went from uh, being uh, quite a small organization to, to a, a bit of a larger one while I was there. Um, so, so, you know, it was a slightly different subject matter, but dealing with the same concepts of 
how do you measure progress, how do you measure success, um, how do you build teams, how do you build the systems uh, that, can, that can deal with a much larger organisation, um, how do you work better with your um, stakeholders, uh, how do you communicate to them, uh, and, that, and that kind of thing. And, uh, and, and then I, I took a bit of a career break uh, and I uh, went to, to the US to study for a year. Um, and uh, decided that actually I wanted to go back into the technology sector uh, but in the government government policy sphere rather than the private sector just 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 um, you know partly to do something to di different but also partly recognizing that th these are the, the questions that government are dealing with around technology are going to define our lives for the next you know 50 years or more uh, and it would it was quite an exciting time to be uh, to be in that field. I think what we're seeing in, in those technology policy conversations, whether you're in the US, whether you're in the EU uh, or the UK or, or India or China uh, or, or, or the Far East, um, these are questions that are being answered now that are going to define our lives for the next uh, few decades. So uh, I was really keen to, to, to get back into or to get into that, uh, that field. Uh, and then I moved back home to the UK to spend, uh, most importantly, to spend time with my family again, uh, something I hadn't done for about five years at the time, uh, and, and also took on a role uh, with the UK government to, to work on exactly that, uh, a, a significant part of technology policy, which was cybersecurity policy. Yeah, no, that, I think that's incredibly inspiring. And, and um, you, you share a really useful point about how you were able to build um, your toolkit and uh, throughout those years and throughout those different roles. Um, and, and, you know, as you mentioned, I think cybersecurity and tech policy is, is becoming um, applicable in, in, in various sectors and in various parts of our personal professional lives. And so, um, you know, I think people would be interested to know where is where is cybersecurity, where is tech policy going in the next five, ten 50 years um, and what kind of opportunities if I'm a student uh, thinking about getting into this field do you think you know will exist um, will they, they be across sectors what will, what will the field you know look like do you think so it's it's changing rapidly I think I, I mentioned this very briefly earlier but I think we're going from a place where uh, you know, technology is part of the broader business environment uh, or organizational environment to tech is how you do things and how you do everything. So uh, I, I think it's if it's not already, it will soon be ubiquitous in how we how we do things. Uh, I think you won't be able to get away from it in organizations. There will obviously be some exceptions, um, but but very few. And I think uh, you know the questions that we're trying to answer are um, going to be ones that aren't related to technology as such. They're going to be related to how technology. Um, allows us or doesn't allow us to do particular things and how it contributes to our lives and how it might uh, detract from uh, quality of life. So I think it's, it's, it's a growing field. Uh, it's, it's, I think it has a reputation for being quite technical uh, and I think anyone that works in technology policy will say that it, it doesn't have to be. I think in, in these sectors of, um, you know, if we take cybersecurity for example, you can, you can enter the, the sector through the traditional ways through, you know, uh, going through uh, com computer science degrees or uh, learning how to um, work on particular programs or applications, um, or indeed um, 
you know, through the security route. So understanding how to um, uh, analyze, manage, mitigate threats uh, in the digital environment. Uh, but there's also a much broader business um, uh, functions in cybersecurity. It's a growing sector. So the businesses in that sector are looking to grow and they need the traditional people that can communicate, people that can build relationships, people that can uh, analyze information and understand how to um, target the next client. So the sector is growing like any other sector and, and in that way it needs people in the same way that any other sector does. Um, but there's also, there are still the technical roles and, and those are only going to get um, bigger and more important as well. Uh, and then there's the real analytical roles as well. So, you know, being able to look at um, uh, threat information or being able to look at trends over time or being able to look at um, how companies manage their organization and their technology in a way that keeps them safe. Um, so there's there's all kinds of roles. Um, it, it's a very new uh, it's a very new area. So I think there are a number of uh, uh, institutions and organisations that are doing cybersecurity degrees or cybersecurity certifications, but it's still not you know clear to students what they should be taking to get into the sector. That's something that's still kind of, still kind of evolving. Um, I know my team in in government are doing quite a bit to try to map out what those um, careers are like um, and, and how you uh, how you get into cybersecurity. Uh, but it, you know you can be a risk manager uh, or you can have risk management expertise you can be uh, you know uh, a number of different uh, uh, professions or have a number of different uh, attributes to get into the sector. And the other one uh, the other side of this is it's not just about being in the sector. I think this is something that is coming to every business and organization. So if you are a lawyer, um, being able to deal with cybersecurity um, regulations or being able to um, prosecute cyber criminals uh, is going to be a growing sector. If you are um, you know, a consultant, being able to um, uh, provide advice, uh, even if you're not a cybersecurity consultant, but being able to provide advice that understands what the realm of cybersecurity is, is going to be important. So, you know, the sector itself is growing, um, the, the technology and the expertise needed to fuel that sector are growing, and, and other sectors are going to be, uh, that, that, you know, uh, that, that, that people use all the time, the services that people use all the time are going to need to understand this better uh, and there's going to be opportunities for people to, to really thrive in that. In that. I think you've, you've highlighted really well kind of the growing and interdisciplinary nature of the field but also clearly you know how it's going to be applicable to pretty much any any role you know in the near future um, and and how being able to, to understand cybersecurity and tech policy um, and the analytical and maybe technical skills that come along with it is going to become more and more valuable. So um, that's really, really insightful. Um, one, you know, question I have, you know, you mentioned the, the technical aspect of things. You mentioned the, the business management, the interpersonal communication and relationships and how these are all encapsulated to, to make up the field and to make up someone who can, who can work in the sector. But what, what stu should students you know, be focusing on? Um, what would you feel are the most valuable skills to kind of try and um, start developing in their toolkit from now if, if they can see a future in cybersecurity and tech policy? So uh, it's, a, it's a really good question. Uh, and I think uh, anyone that, uh, or 
anyone that gives kind of career advice will say the same things. I think there are certain uh, uh, there's certain bits of knowledge which you will need to learn for jobs uh, that you absolutely have to have. Uh, and often the bit that, that causes the barrier between um, you know qualification and employment is the the soft skills, the the, the skills that everyone needs to be uh, effective in a workplace. Uh, and sometimes, you know, depending on where you are, those vary. But you know, being able to understand complex concepts and uh, simplify them, being able to communicate those, uh, being able to work in teams, being able to lead people, being able to manage budgets, being able to manage projects. Um, all of these kind of, you know, not necessarily hard skills uh, are really important in, in the workplace. And I think that's going to be a key differentiator in terms of the, you know, skills and uh, qualifications. Uh, I think there are, I think, I think that part of the discipline is still developing and still evolving. Uh, but there are certainly cybersecurity qualifications that you can do. I think uh, an understanding or a, a competency around um, being able to code, being able to, um, you know, write uh, uh, write certain uh, uh, in certain languages, uh, being able to, um, you know, know your way around um, network architecture, um, uh, and, and uh, you know, there, there's professional qualifications uh, to be uh, network administrators or systems administrators, um, IT um, service administrators. Uh, there's a whole range of professions uh, or professional qualifications that one can get uh, to, to, to get to get towards this field. Right. Yeah. Definitely. I think uh, I think you're right. Soft skills are becoming um, you know much more important and, and something that employers are looking at and. And also just for the longevity and sustainability of projects in terms of um, what work you actually do. So, you know, if I'm a student, I, I, I think there's a lot of great things that, you know, we've discussed. We've discussed soft skills. We've discussed some of the um, more technical qualifications. But what are some what are some first actionable steps that, you know, next steps that uh, I could take as a student? Uh, would it be taking a coding course? Would it be, you know, developing some of my teamwork and leadership skills? Would it be connecting to someone in the field? What would you advise, uh, you know, a student in, in high school or in university um, as their first next steps? So I'd say uh, read up on the sector that you're looking to go into and, and what interests you. I mean, one of the things that we're really lucky with now is you can, you know, there, there's so much information out there about uh, all kinds of different uh, professions and what you might find is that you uh, are more um, interested in a particular sector than a particular profession. So you might enjoy, uh, you know, the technology sector as a whole, rather than being a technologist, as it were. So, um, you know, the, the, and, and if your skill set or your, your, you were more interested in, uh, you know, policy work, uh, or you were more interested in the business side of things or the legal side of things, um, then, then you can uh, you can you can steer yourself into a particular sector uh, without becoming you know the, the the technical expert in that sector. So I'd say firstly, make sure you uh, research on uh, as much as you can and speak to people about uh, what what um, what they do and, and what you might like to do. Um, I think develop a, uh, a, a I think developing your internal um, or your your own personal set of skills 
uh, and knowing what you are good at is really important. Uh, there are some people that will thrive uh, in working with other people. There are some people that will hate working with other people. Um, and, and knowing those distinctions about yourself is really important so that you can pick out the kind of career that you want. So, you know, if you, if you prefer to, um, you know, if you're more interested in the uh, financial side of things, then you can go towards um, uh, project management or financial management or financing of, of certain things within the sector. So, so I, uh, you know, I think the other thing is knowing what you're good at and what you're not good at. Um, and really playing to your strengths. Yeah, amazing. So we've got some great next steps there, right? So we talked about doing your research, um, uh, figuring out what sector or what part of the sector you might fit into, uh, connecting with others uh, who you know and, and who you can connect with online, and then also figuring out what works for you, right? And, and um, what your personal skills are like, what your, what your team um, team environment looks like and, and what what uh, environment you would thrive in. So those are some really great next steps for students to, to try and take on. Thank you so much. Um, so, you know, I think it's important to consider the, the situation that we're in right now and, and what impact it might be having on, on this field of tech policy and cybersecurity. Um, I'm interested to know uh, what, what uh, impact do you think that the pandemic and the rapid transition to a virtual world has had um, and will continue to have on on this field and and how can students kind of maybe get ahead of that or take into consideration anything that might have changed because of that yeah it's a it's a very good question i think uh, we're coming up to certainly in the uk we're coming up to a year of working outside of the office now uh, and i think uh, initially, most uh, most people thought we were going to be um, out of the office for a month, maybe two months, and we're uh, yeah we're coming up to twelve now. And what it's meant is that businesses in the UK have really had to learn how to operate uh, outside of the home environment, outside of the office environment, um, and and people have had to learn how to how to work remotely as well. Um, I think what we we learned a few things in this time. Um, so, some of so, uh, so I think a lot of organisations realised just how um, just how much benefit there was to flexible working and working uh, away from the office. Uh, I think uh, people working at home realised how much they actually enjoyed being at home or didn't enjoy being at home, uh, and and uh, you know it's been quite a pivotal time for people making decisions around you know, how much of their life do they want to spend in the office and how much of their life do they want to be spending at home. And, and uh, this has uh, huge implications for technology policy as well, uh, because, you know, how do we best utilise the technology and the connectivity we have to improve quality of life? I think companies don't necessarily want everyone crowding into offices every day now. Um, it's, it's quite expensive in some ways uh, and not necessarily more productive, I think. Uh, definitely in certain sectors people are finding themselves with better qualities of life um, and uh, uh, more productivity uh, and companies are finding themselves with lower uh, costs just from from, uh, from from working remotely at the same time the, the the threats that the attack surface area for cyber criminals has uh, increased massively suddenly uh, there are there are a lot more um, vulnerability uh, vulnerabilities in um, people, people's working patterns. You are online all the time. Your uh, uh, operational, um, your operations depend on connectivity, uh, and so there's there's a lot more that cyber criminals can do to disrupt 
uh, organizations um, operations so uh, and, and sometimes that that's very basic and that's you know interrupting a, a phone call which might not have a big impact uh, and uh, but can extend to uh, shutting down of entire uh, parts of an operation or um, forging signatures because they have more uh, access to your emails and your um, you know messages so being able to know when you're when to strike uh, being able to know how to uh, target some of your your organizational vulnerabilities better so so I think it's been a, a real a real mixed year uh, of people learning about how to work differently companies being able to accept how people work differently uh, but also us recognizing that doing this uh, opens up other questions uh, about how we manage that and how we how we keep that secure yeah definitely i i think we we've seen a lot of challenges uh from this pandemic situation uh, but also a few opportunities arise right and it's about kind of pivoting and and seeing which ones um in the future are sustainable and, and work um which is going to be very fascinating to see unfold um, so, you know, as we approach the, the end of our time together, Irfan, you know, we, we've talked about so, so much. We've talked about your journey, um, uh, you know, throughout the sectors from the private sector to the nonprofit sector to now working with the government. Uh, we've talked about what it means and why it's important uh, what, uh, in terms of cybersecurity and tech policy. We gave students really actionable next steps on how they can begin to build their toolkit and position themselves well for the future of work in these fields. And uh, you know, we talked about how the pandemic has has uh, impacted it and how we can try and get ahead of that as as students. So now coming up to the end, I, I wanted to just ask you if if you if you could leave viewers um, students with with one final thought or one piece of advice. Uh, encapsulating all all that we've talked about um, to the best of your ability, uh, what, you know, what would that be? It's uh, it's a really big question. Uh, I think I would. That's a really tough question. Uh, I I think what I'd say is, um, you know, develop something that you can do that other people can't do as well as you and usually that depends on finding out what it is that you really enjoy doing what really gets you going um, what you have a passion for I think uh, you know if you're if you're thinking about your career and what you're going to do next or what you want to do after university uh, you know you remember that you're going to be spending eight to ten or more hours a day in the office so you know, to get out of bed in the morning, you have to be really motivated uh, and to do well every day, you have to be really motivated. So really find what drives you. And for different people, that means different things. It might be the, the content of the work that you're doing. It might be the location of the work that you're doing. It might be that that is defined to certain set hours and predictability so you can do things outside of work. Uh, it might be being around people. It might be being around the same people. It might be being around different people. It might be traveling to different countries. So really find what it is that motivates you to get out of bed every morning, spend eight to 15 hours a day, however much time you're gonna spend at the office. Uh, and, and, and don't be afraid to, to change when that changes. And I think the, the, the world of work is such now that you, you don't necessarily have to stick to one thing. There, there are obviously exceptions, uh, but I think that we have a lot more flexibility. Uh, you know, we probably have the most um, you know, flexible working uh, uh, environments uh, ever seen. So, you know, 
don't be afraid to, to kind of follow what it is that you enjoy. That being said, you know, that, that should give you an idea of what you can do or what you want to do uh, and then build up that, um, you know, that toolkit of yours that allows you to, to, to do the things you want to do. Uh, for me, it was working with people and um, being able to manage um, te teams, large teams, parts of an organization. And that's allowed me to, to do uh, things that I really enjoy doing. Uh, and, and I think that's the same for everyone. All right, so that marks the, the end of our time together. Uh, but uh, you know, thank you so much to you, Irfan, for joining us and sharing your insights and wisdom. Thank you very much. Thank you so much. And, and thank you also to our viewers for tuning in today. Uh, make sure to stay tuned uh, to The Ismaili for uh, other Careers of the Future episodes to hear Ismaili professionals who are leading in their field and talking about what the future of work looks like for their sector. In the meantime, stay well, stay safe, and yali madad. Thanks for listening to Careers of the Future. For more episodes of Careers of the Future, visit the.ismaili or subscribe to our show on your favorite podcast platform.